It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. It's grandma. You know you were her favorite, right? Even when you're a little baby, she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you. She was a very difficult woman, which maybe explains me. I recognize you from your mother. What? Sometimes I swear I can feel them in the room. Oh my God! She isn't gone. She had private rituals, private friends. Who's gonna take care of me? You don't think I'm gonna take care of you? But when you die. And she wasn't altogether there. At the end. Well, this is when you fade in the music. Yeah, usually. And then I say something like, Hey, listeners, you are listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast that talks about a horror movie. And uh, we will spoil that horror movie. And the recently watched, we will try not to spoil. And um, recently watched can take a while, so chill. We'll get to the movie. Um, we are just three friends in a shed at the bottom of a garden. We are not professional critics. In fact, we're not professional podcasters. We just do this for, for the love of the thing or some other motives yet to be revealed. Um, I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Hello. And uh, this is going to drop on... Um, Day before Halloween. Yeah, on the 30th. So we will, we will do some uh, discussion of how would we program a uh, Halloween uh, film fest. And uh, I usually have a... It's always the same damn movies with me. Yeah. What can I say? Um, it works. Yeah. There's, there are good reasons for the things that I pick. And maybe I'll talk about those. Um, since we did this last, uh, I've watched a lot of movies. How about you guys? No. You, you stopped attempting? I've stopped. You, you tapped out on 31? I tapped thir- out on 31 this year. How far did you get? I don't even know. So you got as far as watching... Uh, I got the, as far as watching... House on Haunted Hill. House or, on Haunted Hill. Or, or, well, sorry, uh, Haunting of Hill House. Yes, yes. The Haunting series. of Hill House, the series. Uh, and then I watched the Quatermass Experiment. Oh, excellent. Same. Uh, Creeping Unknown. Yes. Uh, I want to say Creeping Terror, yeah, but different. very, very no. different movie. Uh, <laughs> better movie. No, I'm kidding. That's a high bar. <laughs> 
Uh, Creeping Terror does have the walking carpet that eats people, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a high bar. Yeah, it is a very high bar. Um, and then we watched this a different series that wasn't horror. We so we kind of tapped out. What was it? Uh, the marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh yeah, I watched that. It's well, pretty good. A couple months ago, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. It's better than I thought because the trailers they show for it make it look just absolutely obnoxious right and uh yeah if you cut together a bunch of that stuff it's gonna look like the pacing is frantic and it's not it's a pretty funny series uh it's about a female comedian well lady wants to be a comedian uh in like 1958 i believe Mm -hmm. um the funny part about the show the show is a comedy her stand-up although funny is probably the least funny part of the show I would say that's true. You know, I I enjoy the you know her life more than than her stand up, but <clears throat> she's only done stand stand up maybe two or three times as far as we're into the series. Right. We haven't finished it yet. And uh, is it a spoiler to talk about who, which famous comedian's a little enamored with her? Oh, Lenny Bruce. Yeah, I guess it's not a spoiler. No, because you wouldn't have blurted it out like that if it was yeah. a spoiler. He he appears in the first episode. Oh, okay. So I mean, they meet in the first episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think that's a spoiler. No. Um, so yeah, the, the whole thing has really good set design and costuming. Yeah. Uh, They do a a fantastic job because that was another thing that I was like, Ooh, is this going to be like a cheap bad man? Yeah. And and, and a frantic cheap madman is what the trailers made you believe. (laughs) Um, And it's zany too. (laughs) Zany madman. Ooh, you know, that's what we need. Uh, no, so it's it, not that at all. It, it totally derailed the horror. <laughs> but after Haunting of Hill House, which I heard the best description, um, somebody described it as uh, likened it to watching The Shining, where the ghost of the Overlook helped Jack Torrance get into therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I never watched it, but that, that would. <laughs> well, I will bring it up because it contrasts ni- nicely with tonight's movie. Okay. Have either of you watched the Netflix cartoon series Big Mouth? No, but I've heard good things. It, it's it's good. I, I'm about three episodes into it. I watched one and said, "Okay, I'm on board." I didn't have really time to do anything as far as pursuing it. But then uh, last night I couldn't start a movie, but I could watch two 22 minute episodes of a cartoon. Uh, and I really do enjoy it. It's good. Um, the, the, uh, hormone demons are just awesome. I get, oh, okay. I don't know so are I, you out on 31? No, no, I'm, I'm on it. Oh, okay. um, I watched uh, hereditary last night and then it was like, I started it early enough to where I could have watched another movie but it would have put me into like 1 a.m. and maybe nodding off. So I would rather be done in less than an hour by watching a couple cartoons. Or, you know, I could just like not watch stuff and just draw instead. Yeah. But that late at night, maybe not. I'm sorry. Uh, What what else on the list? Uh, That's it other than tonight's movie. Marvelous Miss Maisel. Because I had a a Halloween party and uh, for work. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, that ate up one night, and then Gene had some political hobnobbing to do another night. (laughs) And so no movies either of those nights. Cool. But uh, yeah, that's it for me. All right. 
Julian, you want to go next? Uh, yeah, I, I watched, uh, well, it started off pretty mainstream. I uh, watched uh, Stage to China, which is a B-Western from 1940, uh, directed by Edward Killey, who did, uh, he was assistant director on Hunchback of Notre Dame in 1939 and uh, co-director of Seven Keys to Ball Pate, 1938 version. And uh, he worked on um, one of the Ghostbreaker movies. Um, but anyway, uh, George O'Brien is the star. He was the star of uh, Sunrise, which uh, Murnau did in mm. 1927. So, oh, okay. Silent movie, fantastic. I've not uh, seen it. But anyway, I, I mention it because uh, Glenn Strange is one of the heavies in it. Oh, okay. Uh, it's uh, It's got Virginia Vale in it as well. You know, Glenn Strange, he's the great, 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 great grandson of Pocahontas. Really? No kidding. <laughs> uh, he was born in Weed, New Mexico. Really? Huh. Wow, I don't even think that town exists anymore. Uh, covered in dust? Probably. Yeah, so so apart from... Or Pen- those mutants that live outside town in the hills came down. <laughs> oh, I'm not supposed to talk about the mutants. Anyway. Uh, so he, he, was, he was like... Uh, he, he, he's in tons of westerns, but... You know, as far as, as far as horror as it goes, he's the Frankenstein monster and um in the House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Uh, oh, okay. He was in Masterminds as a monster facing the Bowery boys. <laughs> uh he was in the Monster Maker, he was in the Mummy's Tomb um as an extra. Anyway, uh that was entertaining. Uh so or a solo, a Star Wars story. Did you oh see that one? No, no, not seen that one. Yeah, it came out this year. Yeah, yeah. They went, so it's the one where they went through several directors and they ended up with Ron Howard. Did you have to open yeah. a window to let the smell no, out? It was, was it, it okay? Was fun. I, oh, I enjoyed man, it. I it's got, of course, it's got Clint Howard in it at one point. Yeah, uh, it's got, it, it starts off really ropey, kind uh-huh. of clunky. The humor throughout is pretty poor. Mm. Uh, some of it's funny, but um, and it's shot in digital. It kind of looks bland for a lot of it all of uh i heard a lot of complaints that it was very dark yeah like the like, opening uh, 10 minutes or so were like all this dark blue yeah and then the whole thing was a very dark kind of film yeah it, it does um it does open it up like it's like desert planets and mm, desert um, planets and in a star like, wars kind of uh cloud planet thing that Hmm. interesting looking got some good creatures in it and it's got like apart from the cg it's got some um physical creatures lots of oh nice yeah. work. some muppets so um, so you know what movie um has a desert setting but is very brightly lit gala walkers <laughs> yeah so you know if you're feeling like you want to watch something like that but you mm-hmm. want it to be well lit gala, yeah. gala walkers okay so how was gala so walkers everybody <laughs> Um, it's got good action, good spectacle, creative animation, physical creatures. It's got a bit of Phil Tippett studio work. Uh, went on a bit. Uh, <laughs> went on a bit. Lack of there's there's lack of an end game. You wonder where it's going. It's just like seems to be episodes of adventures oh. of young Han Solo and ticking off all the boxes in his history. You know oh. where he got his gun, where he got the Falcon. Oh. Um, uh, so. A- doesn't really end it just sort of disappears into yeah, the foliage and, so, and you don't hear it crash yeah i don't, I don't want to i'm not going to give it away <laughs> okay. but uh i noticed all the the black rolls in it so like in in science fiction like 
the black characters tend to be replaced by robots, mm-hmm. but you know that they're playing what would have been a black role yeah. back in the day. Uh, and then there's actual black people in you, it. You mean like Mantan Marlin kind of stuff? Not not that bad. They're not like played for comedy like uh, some of the George like, Lucas ones. Okay. But uh, you, you notice these, these like the robot slaves and the actual black people turn up. They're secondary. They get killed off. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Anyway, um, watched uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. I did too. Yeah, that is right. I did watch that. that I forgot so all about that. Yeah, it's just like some of the weirdest visuals you'll get in a big movie. Oh, I, I enjoyed the visuals. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah oh, and I watched something else that reminds me. I'll bring up uh, after you. Yeah, it's got lots of weird, truly surreal imagery in it. And I was just yeah. delighted. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. fun. It yeah, was, what, what did you remember seeing? Uh, oh, I watched. Uh, a series called uh, Robert Kirkman, who oh, Walking yeah. Dead fame, mm-hmm. Secret History of Comics. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow, is it good? No, no. <laughs> the I watched the marvelous Marvel Misfits or something about the history of Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. If you are a Jack Kirby fan, do not watch this show. Oh. They are very pro Stanley and very much Jack Kirby was kind of a stuttering idiot who couldn't talk and he drew pretty pictures but oh it's no. it's mostly stan lee's so he genius he couldn't do the more important thing uh, of talking he can only draw he comics. could only draw them he couldn't write the dialogue after the fact oh for fuck's sake uh yeah it was pretty bad and then i was glad to watch ant-man on the wasp yeah because it was at least sort of tied to Jack Kirby and, yeah, and Marvel. Yeah. I think Larry Lieber wrote the first one of those, didn't he? I believe so. Um, yeah, and or I, I, let's not talk about that. Yeah, that's a <laughs> um, comic series. We'll talk about that off uh, the air. Carried on watching the Hammer Frankenstein series. Uh, I've got one more but, to go. So we watched Frankenstein Must Be, Must Be Destroyed from 1969. Mm. Uh, this is one of the last movies that Terrence, Terrence Fisher directed. And you've got Peter Cushing in it. At his most despicable, he causes miseries, just this nucleus of misery. Everyone, he just ruins everyone's lives <laughs> as he goes through. Oh. Is he wearing a frilly shirt whilst doing this? No, no, he's very snappy. Very oh, okay. Snappy. Yeah, he's pretty snappy by then. Um, Veronica Coulson's in it again. Uh, she was in Dracula's Risen from the Grave and Horror of Frankenstein. And uh, she was in the 74 Vampira. She was in The Ghoul 75. She's just one of the classic Hammer yeah, women. Um, Simon York, uh, Simon Ward is in it as the uh, the guy who gets roped in to assist mm-hmm. Frankenstein, and uh, Freddie Jones is in it. He was in the right. Elephant Man, and yeah, he's in a lot, a lot of Lynch movies. Yeah, um, this is uh, this is distributed in America by uh, Warner Brothers, and apparently they insisted that uh, there should be more sexual content. So there's this like rape scene in it, which is, which like the actors were like really uncomfortable doing. Wow. Um, Warner brothers. <laughs> uh, it starts and ends strong. I found it largely dull. I mean, people, uh, there's lots of critics really love this one, but uh, I just find it kind of sad and a bit dull. In the... This one with Darth Vader in it. No, that's the next one. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a great scene with a flower bed. I loved it. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you, you'll have to see it. It's, All right. It's just this. It, you know, again, it's kind of it's a truly surreal bit. You know, I have like to wait till Jean's some, out. Something horrible occurring. Little Frankenstein's flower bed. 
Um, and then uh, The Horror of Frankenstein, 1970. This is uh, Jimmy Sangster who wrote the early Frankensteins and uh, he took he, he became the um, uh, director in this one. And this is more of a black comedy. Uh, I can remember watching it as a kid and really resenting that they were playing stuff for laughs. Oh. But watching it now is quite entertaining. And uh, so in this is kind of uh, the adventures of young Frankenstein. It's uh, yeah, before young yeah. Frankenstein. So this is from, from 1970. You've got Ralph Bates. Uh, he's got, he's finishing up at school and uh, talking down to the teachers. And uh, Veronica Coulson again as as Elizabeth. Uh, Kate O'Mara's in it. So they're... You know, moving into the 70s, Hammer's really working the decolletage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of view here. Uh, yeah, Emily was watching it saying, I've seen a lot of breast in this movie, and it's not just David Prowse. Uh, yeah, uh, David Prowse plays the monster, and he wears this kind of bandage nappy thing. Oh, nice. Uh, Dennis Price is in it. He, he was like, he went into like um, uh, uh, Jess Franco movies around this time. Um yeah, it's like, sort of like the monster is more of a Frankenstein's id on the rampage. You know, he's like oh, he's okay. a really horrible man and and the monster goes out and just sadistically kills people for no reason. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was quite lively and funny and uh, it was refreshing after the uh, kind of grim previous one. Uh, it's got a Franken tortoise in it. Franken tortoise. <laughs> so we've, we've had a Franken puppy... And uh, a Franken chimp, and this one is a Franken tortoise named, no, named Gustav. No Franken fish, not this one. No, that's, that sort of rolls off the tongue really well. It's been done now. Has been done. Okay, on the Sci-Fi Channel, I believe. Oh Jesus! Uh, so this is like if you if you like Reanimator, this is like kind of Reanimator, but without the splatter. You know, right. it's, it's like a gory arm, but there's really not that much gore in it um, on screen. But um, yeah, I was quite entertained by it. Hmm. All right. So just uh, Frankenstein the Monster from Hell to Go. Oh, wow. What well, then... year did that one come out? 73, four. Okay. Yeah. And then, All right. And then score. You're, you're through it. Yep. <laughs> so um, when we met up last time, do you remember I had left my um, notes in the house as to what my 31 for 31 yeah, were? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've, I I uh, did not mention perhaps the um, sweet blood of Jesus, which is a Spike Lee joint. Yeah, I, I watched, watched that it. one. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, it wasn't what I expected. No, at all. And uh, and it was interesting to watch. And yeah. of course, it's Spike Lee. It's going to look great. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to have a certain tone and a certain feel to the thing. And then uh, it's just everything's going to look great. I liked it a lot. I do recommend it. Um, just going to with as few expectations as possible. I know I mentioned the birds and paranormal activity. I may or may not have mentioned Hell House LLC. Yes, you I did, did you mention it. Okay, it was good. Bride of Reanimator. I'm mm. pretty sure I forgot to mention, yeah, okay. which I might as well have not ever seen the movie. I remembered nothing of it. Yeah, I can't remember that at all. Right, and it's it goes to the book, um, the H.P. Lovecraft book where. They're doing battlefield oh, right. uh, sort of uh, medic work yeah, and uh, trying to reanimate kind of on the fly while people are being brought in dead or dying. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of blood and a lot of battlefield stuff going on outside of their tent. And um, it's just the two of them. And, and of course, uh, you know, they're, they've moved on from having lost the girlfriend and all that stuff. And then uh, 
I don't want to give anything away beyond that because there's some some funny uh, occurrences of certain characters that shouldn't be able to come back who come back. Um, and of course, we watched Halloween and I mentioned Gallo Walkers after last show. Um, Wait, Gallo Walkers? Gallo Walkers, Wesley Snipes. It's amazing. You should see it. Um, what happened after last show? Johnny and I watched uh, Dog Soldiers, Lair of the White Worm, uh, the new Ghostbusters, which was kind of a, you know, trying trying to please everybody and pick a, you know. So you pleased nobody? So I pleased nobody. Actually, it was funnier than I would have thought. It was it was pretty funny, uh, all things considered. And then the 1981 Halloween 2. Uh, I watched the Quatermass Experiment, your, your disc, yes. Jolien. Thank you for that. It was awesome. Um, didn't expect the one guy to be an American. That was yes, I did not expect that either. Yeah, they often cast like Americans or or Canadians playing Americans yeah. in British movies at the time. Yeah. So oh, okay. Yeah, yeah help, it didn't seem like he was a he was well liked when you read about that mm-hmm. actor mm-hmm. who played uh, Quatermass and uh, in that particular film. And uh, seemed like he wasn't really into the role. <laughs> And just kind of came in and, like, the movie barked orders at people and then yeah, left. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I was like, who, who better than an American to come in, bark orders, <laughs> and then leave? <laughs> right. So they, can, they can have a British guy do that unless no. he's, like, top-ranking military guy and, and also has lost his mind. Yes. Or your average American. Um, Frozen Ground was not a horror movie, but I did watch it. Uh, that's a Nicolas Cage joint from... Uh, oh a handful of years ago and uh it's yeah it's he's a detective on the case of a serial killer up in alaska oh john cusack is the suspect and may or may not turn out wow i've never heard of this film this is just a blank spot it's amazing for like something i hadn't really i didn't remember hearing of it if i ever did uh it's definitely worth a look it's a good does, sus- does he chew the scenery? Oh, not like you'd hope. You oh. know, he's only on about an eight. Does he oh, lick, lick the ice? <laughs> you'd think so. <laughs> but he really doesn't. I mean, he does He does get a little loud and shouty a few times, but nothing. Uh, That's not only chewing. I mean, chewing the scenery can be a lot of things. This is true. <laughs> this is it's true. It's not just getting loud and shouty. It's just. Well, he, he keeps it pretty reined in. Losing that self-awareness or. Something I don't know. There's we should we should ask the audience what exactly do you consider chewing the scenery? And you know what is your yardstick for it when you're watching Nicolas Cage versus everybody else? Yeah, you know it's a different like oh it, on a on a Cage scale he was only two, <laughs> right? But that's like a twelve on a regular scale, right? Um, and I didn't get through Apostle. Um, it was I was trying to make sense of who the characters were, where they were going and what they were up to. And I felt like I'm losing my damn mind. Maybe I, uh, maybe I'm overtired. Maybe I should start this over. Uh, so I didn't get all the way through it. Um, I got pretty far into it, so I'm not going to count that one yet. Okay. So I didn't count that as one of my 31 for 31. Uh, and because it was, um, time was in short supply. I had to watch something that wasn't 90 minutes or more. And so I watched, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And that this time of year is always great for me because that just brings back, you know, warm, fuzzy childhood memories. And then Hereditary for tonight's show. Um, before we get into the movie, though, I do want to um, 
give some shout outs to places that are listening to our show. And I can go on SoundCloud where our stuff is hosted and I can see like uh, countries that listen the most, listeners that listen the most, if they're SoundCloud users. And there's only like a few and they've watched maybe or listened to like two episodes recently. And so it just kind of shows those. But the places, the countries and the cities, um, I can actually look at those analytics and go, oh, cool. So uh, Brazil still digs us, man. Like Right on we, Brazil. We still get a handful of listeners in Brazil. So shout out to them. Yay. Uh, we love you too. If you, I wish we spoke Portuguese. Yeah. Uh, we could say something awesome right here. Um, so aside from Denver. Coffin Joe lives. Yeah. And, and I'll be bringing up Coffin Joe also in, uh, in talking about programming some Halloween stuff or mm. a party. Um, so aside from Denver, Colorado, we have a lot of listeners in Aurora, um, Colorado. Uh, we have listeners in Los Angeles, Kansas City, Missouri, Mesa, Arizona, Bradenton, Florida, Omaha, Nebraska, Syracuse, New York, London, UK, Ramallah, State of Palestine. Oh. Yeah. Fort Erie, Canada, um, Dublin, Belfast, uh, Sale, UK, um, Des Moines, Iowa, Anchorage, Alaska, Phoenix, Arizona, Augsburg, Germany, Paris, France, San Francisco, California, San Jose, California, Atlanta, Georgia, Omaha, Nebraska, Honolulu, Hawaii, Seattle, Washington, Salem, Oregon, and Little Rock, Arkansas are just some of the places that have been listening to us a bunch lately. And then there's a bunch of places where there's like one or two listens, but uh, those are somewhere we've had a bunch of listens and uh, we dig it. Uh, if you want to tell us what you think of our show, um, if you want to say hi, just, suggestions, yeah, suggestions, suggest, yeah, yeah, yeah. suggest movies. Uh, yeah. So say or, hi or to themes. us on, on themes. Fa- yeah, yeah. Themes. Themes would be great. We'd love that. Uh, Facebook, we are chewing sure. the scenery and Instagram. We are chewing the scenery. Yep. Um, uh, do you want to do this now or afterwards? Uh, I thought since this is the Halloween show, yes. uh, I did a quiz. Oh, that'd be great. I do my traditional Halloween giveaway. Let's do it. Awesome. Do you want to do it now? Yeah, uh, well, I, I went through my collection. And there's like uh, eighteen, happen to be eighteen films that you know I've upgraded or. Oh, so okay. I'm gonna give give a, give away um, give away lower grade. Are we are we, are, are we raising hands or, or shouting? Uh, uh, shout away. Um, so so I'm calling this like the Halloween eighteen. Okay. Quiz. Uh, eighteen questions uh, to do with Halloween. The movie. The movie. The movie or movies. Uh, Sometimes shoehorned, but uh, they're all related. (laughs) Uh, And then I shall reach into my bag, the uh, the, the Sauron Claws bag. The goodie bag. Yes. And uh, pull out a movie and and you can fight over them afterwards. uh, Okay. If you get them wrong, then uh, we'll just give them to Ziggy. Yeah. Yeah. Make another pile. And and maybe even Johnny. I got to send him some screen screen printing supplies. Sure. Okay. So. All right. Uh, the Michael Myers mask is based off of Bill Shatner. Bill Shatner. Mm-hmm. William Shatner was in a 1966 horror film with the same title as a 1980s horror film. Kio estis tio? Succubus? Almost. Incubus. Yeah. Incubus. There, you go. That's there we the go. Thanks for the clue, Will. I've seen that movie too. 
I couldn't think of uh, the and name. Estes Tio is me garbling uh, Esperanto because that film yes. was made in Esperanto. Yeah. Portrait of Jenny, beautiful oh, 1940s fantasy. This is awesome. We'll, there we'll, we go. We'll make a stack right here and then we'll... Uh... All right, another William Shatner question. Okay. Uh, William Shatner boldly mm-hmm. went into a strange new kingdom in 1977. To whom or what did the kingdom belong? The spiders. Tarantulas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're both right. Kingdom of the spiders, but yeah. All right. We've got Blu-ray for the Immortal. Ooh. All right. We're going to make one stack, and then we'll... Uh... I have that one. Okay. Well, then we'll just put that... We can put it there as well. Okay, well, yeah. Thank you, movie. All right. Uh, in the Halloween 1978, mm-hmm. Laurie gets a heavy breathing phone call from Linda, but Linda is actually being strangled. Hmm. Which 1977 movie starring Madeline Kahn did the same gag? 1977. Uh, is it? Is it called the Babysitter? No. Tim mm. gets a phone call and she thinks it's heavy breathing, but the person on the other end is being strangled. Ooh, 1977. Madeline Kahn. I hope that our listeners are as stumped as we are. Uh, is it Star Wars? Is it almost? <laughs> is it Play Misty for me? No. <laughs> no, no, I know um, it wasn't. I just thought I'd... Less serious. It's a Mel Brooks movie. Mm. Oh, Friends... Uh, oh, what is that movie called? Young, Young Frankenstein. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no, that's earlier. 1977. 77. Um, uh, Blazing Saddles. I think this it's one goes not to Ziggy. Psycho. <laughs> this one goes to Ziggy. You're right. Ziggy. You get a copy of Dracula Has Risen from the Grave. All yes. right. All right. All right. Um, Linda. What? Was played by PJ Souls. Well, what was the answer? Oh, sorry. High Anxiety. That's the name of it. High Anxiety. No wonder I never saw that one. That's my favorite Mel Brooks movie. It's really well done. See, that's in my blind spot. It's not a horror movie. I can't use it on another blind spot episode. It's kind of related because it's like Hitchcock parodies. Yeah, Yeah, it's Hitchcock parodies. Birds go in in there and everything. Yeah. Also, haven't seen Blazing Saddles all the way through. No? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not so keen on that one. Oh, okay. All right, uh, so Linda from Halloween was played by PJ Souls, mm-hmm. one of the first women in movies to play a Ramones fan. Yes. In which movie? Rock and Roll High School. <sighs> she she is a uh, yeah. My friend Laura told me about this. She oh. is, she's a, she's an honor, honorary Ramon. You get a double bill: Dracula's daughter and son of Dracula. Ooh. Hell yeah! Look at that. All right, what does the PJ in PJ Souls stand for? Like totally. Uh, I can only guess. Pamela Jane. Um, You're right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the first two female names I could think of that start with Oh, Pam. Bride of Frank. Okay. Ooh. That one is amazing. Now, Will, do you have Boy, that one? I have that one. Okay. That's going to go in Ziggy's pile. Yeah. <clears throat> or, or Johnny's. You know, we could... We can let the youngsters... Uh... All right, then. Uh, a bit of ethnology for you. Okay. If a Brit tells you they are having a slash, mm-hmm. are they A, being murdered by Michael Myers, mm-hmm. B, currently engaged in stalking camp counsellors, or mm-hmm. C, urinating? Mm. I'm going to have to say C. Yes. You get horror of Dracula. <laughs> Ooh. Nice. All right. Jamie Lee Curtis's parents were both in Psycho movies. Yeah. Which Psycho was played by Tony Curtis? 
Oh my God. This one, I know this one. It's, um, the one they remade with De Niro. Cape Fear? Right. No. no, the one with... This the... is, uh, unfortunately, a real-life psycho. Uh, oh. Wow. Mm. 1968. I don't know. What was the one with the little kids? Where the money was buried in the river. What was that one? Night of the Hunter. <laughs> Yeah, that didn't have Tony Curtis in it. Who was that? Robert Mitchum. Yeah, Damn no, it. not Tony Curtis at all. No. Never less Tony Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> no scale. offense to Tony Curtis or Robert Mitchum, but you couldn't pick two actors further apart. Well, he's 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 really surprising in this one when he turns up. He's he's uh, playing Albert DeSalvo in the Boston Strangler. Oh, oh no shit. Wow. Yeah. Not sure I ever saw that one. I never saw that one. Oh, some lucky person gets Jack the Giant Killer. Ooh. All right, then. Um, Donald Pleasance played Loomis in several movies, mm. one of which is not in the Halloween series. Which one? Hmm. A character by the name of Loomis. Um. Wow. I'm having trouble thinking of anything else he was in besides Halloween movies. God, uh, I can't think of anything he was in either. Man. Do you want another clue? Yeah, let's have a clue. It's another carpenter. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, God. I, I don't know. Body bags? No. No? Give up? Yeah. He was Father Loomis and Prince of Darkness. Oh, oh, shit. It's so weird. I rewatched that one like less than a year ago. So some lucky... Someone gets Creepshow. Ooh. Oh, now there you go. All right. I think uh, you're neck and neck with the other people now. Okay. Yes, we are. Well, people who aren't here are kicking our asses. Um, yeah. Of course, you know. Loomis is named after the lover in which Hitchcock movie? Ooh, Psycho. Yes. Yeah. Sam Loomis in Psycho is yeah. the boyfriend. Yeah. Puppet Masters. Oh, hell yeah. There you go. Puppet Masters with Donald Sutherland. Oh, okay. All right. Not the one with the puppets in it. There's, yeah. a, there's another Loomis in Halloween. But who? Hmm. Another Loomis. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the producers. Uh, shit. Yeah, I know. If you read the credits, you'll see it. And uh, Oh, yeah, you're right. right. Shall I give you a clue? It's not a producer. Oh, okay. Uh, the character name is Annie Brackett. Oh. Oh, the actress is named yes. Loomis. Yep. Yeah. Nancy Loomis. Nancy, Nancy Loomis. There you go. All right. Looks All right. like they Blade get a Trinity. Oh, the Blade Trinity? Or the, no, that's the third movie. It's not, yeah. it's not all Blade three movies. Trinity. Blade, comma, yeah, I've Trinity. Got the other two in here. Trinity period. All right. Um, name one other John Carpenter movie where Nancy Loomis appears. Where Nancy Loomis appears. Um, uh, let's see. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Halloween 2. <laughs> she kind of appears in Halloween 2. Sort of. She's in the flashback. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't count, though. That's not what you were getting at. I was not. She actually okay. plays a, a walking around person. <laughs> <laughs> a walking around person. That's how she's credited. Uh, well, damn. Um, let's see. 
Another John Carpenter Name film. Name an early Carpenter movie. An early Carpenter <laughs> film. With woman in it, so that rules out Dark Star. Yeah, and it also uh, rules out... The Fog? Yep. There really? Go. There you go. The Fog and Assault Precinct <clears throat> 13. Ah. Both of those? About oh. Arch Obola's five. Ooh. All right. Uh, Pleasance is also in Prince of Darkness, but who is Quatermass in Prince of Darkness? I didn't know there was a Quatermass in Prince of Darkness. Holy crap. Who is involved in Prince of Darkness? Huh. Who is Quatermass? I got nothing, man. I don't know. I haven't seen Prince of Darkness in All a right. billion, <clears throat> well, billion years. Someone gets this. Uh... Uh, Martin Quatermass is credited with a screenplay, but it's actually John Carpenter. Oh, oh. so he's using a pseudonym. I yeah. didn't know that. Blade Named after the uh, Quatermass series. Blade, Blade two. 2. Yeah. Which is no Gallo Walkers, by the way. Blade 2, Gallo Walkers. <clears throat> All right, then. This, is, this one you'll get. Gallo Walkers. Carpenter later made a version of one of the films on TV in Halloween, but which one? Ooh, yeah. Um, the Thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that, right. I would, yes, see, I was going to tell you right. earlier that, that if you wanted to rule out, uh, if you wanted to do the process of elimination, Memento, that's great. Uh, process of elimination, there are no women in that movie, right? What, the thing? Yeah. Yeah, there's one in the original. Oh, okay. In, from another, by the way, it's coming out at the end of November on Blu-ray, finally. Finally? They've wow. like restored it. And they're it. coming out with the novel that they have found. Really? Yes, evidently, uh, whoever wrote the short story wrote a novel. Who goes there? Who goes there, yeah. John Campbell? Yeah. So he turned it into a novel? He had turned it into a novel, but it's never been published until cool. recently. I don't know how good it is. But, well, I'll uh, read that. The, the original story is great. They're, they're saying Carpenter's version's pretty pretty close. Oh, yeah, it's much closer uh, to the short story than, yeah. the, than the Howard Hawks one. And uh, here's one for you. Um, I have to say, I love the Howard Hawks movie so much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Though. I love it just as much. <laughs> you know what's yeah. finally on Blu-ray? Orgy of the Dead. Oh, really? yeah. I've my, got that. And my copy is going to show up in the next day or two. Yeah. Or I should yeah, say I'm day or three. I'm looking forward to uh, Night of the Demon should be out soon. Yeah. It's coming from Indicator. And Candyman, because Johnny was talking about yeah. that, um, on Vinegar Syndrome. I think it's Vinegar Syndrome. might be Scream Factory. Um it has uh, posters that come with it mm. and uh, well restored and a lot of bonus materials. All right. Five more to go. Okay. Howard Hawks worked on The Thing from Another World and Rio Bravo. What's the link between Rio Bravo and the sheriff in Halloween? Mm. Ooh. Played by the same actor? The name Brackett? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the screenwriter on Rio was Bravo was Lee Brackett. Lee Brackett. And okay. the sheriff is named after Lee Brackett. Oh, oh nice. So who got that? Uh, uh, Will, I think it was closer than I was. All right. Revenge of Frankenstein. Ooh. Noise. All right. Uh, <laughs> Wait, maybe yeah, I was going to say here. You want to take Memento? Yeah, I'll have to take, I can't <laughs> take Memento either. That's some Memento bullshit to her. Oh, okay. She hates Memento. <laughs> How about right. Mentos? Does she like Mentos? Probably not. Okay. Halloween, the dog dies. What's mm. the dog character's name? Um... Oh, wait a minute. Where does a dog die in Halloween? Oh, Michael kills it. Yeah, he's, yeah he chokes the dog out. Um, yeah, but what's the dog's name? Uh, Rob? 
<laughs> it's a hard one. Uh, right. I don't remember the dog's name. Uh, the dog's name is Lester. Oh, would not. Lester. So, there you go. Oh, someone's <laughs> getting the Blade trilogy. <laughs> not Trinity, but trilogy. Um, Including Trinity. Yes. All right. Judith Meyer's boyfriend is alone with her in a dark bedroom for all of A, 25 and a half minutes, B, 7 minutes, 20 seconds, or C, 1 minute, 6 seconds. You know. 1 minute, 6 seconds. That's right. I was going to say, considering the lovers of Haddonfield. Oh, well, Ooh. Uh, there's another one to watch when she's out. Yes. Uh, uh, Frankenstein must be destroyed. I have to sneak those in. I was going to say, do you want to put them in like a different c- <laughs> CD cover? <laughs> All right. I don't have any Frankensteins. <laughs> no, I don't. You could hide them under like a piece of plywood in the backyard. Like, right. like no. woods porn. Yes. One actor in Halloween went on to write, Sexual Healing, a Biblical Guide to Finding Freedom from Sexual Sin and Brokenness. But which character did he play in Halloween? Oh, wow. Man, these are deep cuts, Julian. Yep. Uh, oh, crap. Clue, it's related to the previous question. I was g- yes, I'm going to say, is it Ben Tramer? <laughs> no, the guy who gets stuck to the wall. Oh. What's his name? Clem? Clem. <laughs> I think he's uh, Bob, isn't it? Bob, that's what it is, Bob. No, uh, it's actually Judith Meyer's boyfriend. Oh. The One Minute Wonder. One oh, Minute Wonder. Okay. Yeah, he, he, he became a minister and he wrote a book called uh, Sexual Healing, a Biblical Guide to Finding Freedom from Sexual Sin and Brokenness. Oh. Wow, dude, pump Another the brakes on the... <laughs> Hollywood success story. Yeah, that judgy sounding title really right. doesn't uh, put people off at all. Ziggy, you got power, guys. Oh, man. Awesome. She's going to dig that. All right, then. Um... Now, this question, very hard. Not only is it very obscure okay. and sports-related, it's also not very interesting. Okay. I'm, what, on, I'm on board. Here we go. What is Jake Burton Carpenter's connection to John Carpenter and the Strode family? Uh, I'm going to say that's the name of the dog that, uh, <laughs> no. Lester? That's, yeah, that's Lester's <laughs> real name. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I have no idea. All right. Sandy Johnson plays Judith Myers. Okay. She was in the June 1974 Playboy Center spread. No kidding. Playmate of June. That photo was used on the Burton Love snowboard manufactured by Jake Carpenter's Burton Snowboards in 2008. No kidding. <laughs> there you go. So that You was, didn't get that? No. I wouldn't have got it either. <clears throat> and I have that Playboy Playmate book. From Uh-oh. Ta- I think it was from Tashin. What was in there? Uh, it, was, it was another car chase movie. Oh. I forgot uh, it was in there. Uh-huh. Uh, check. This one's Vanishing Ooh, Point. Ooh, Vanishing Point. I love nice. it. But I now I have it on Blu-ray. Oh, I cool. might have to. Yeah, Brian. Brian has one of those cars. Oh, <laughs> no, not God. one. Of, not one of the originals, but he has it. That's it. It's a Challenger, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Brian was like Vanishing Point daydreams. He had to get a Challenger. Yeah, I and un- it starts in Denver. I understand that. Oh, nice. That daydream. Have you yeah. S- you've seen it, right? Uh, I, I never have. No? Yeah. No. He, oh. So he picks up a car, he's got to deliver it, but he starts from Denver. Oh, cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll, I'll watch it and then we'll, I'll hand it back to you. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, that was a great quiz. Okay. Um, 
You know, it's funny when uh, I worked at this one place in Spokane, Washington, we uh, we had a uh, Halloween quiz via, you know, company wide email one year. And the next year, the woman who had done the quiz wanted to hand it off to me. And uh, I thought my my questions were pretty cool, but I knew that some people were sitting there just Googling stuff. So the one that I thought, how am I going to word this to where they can't just Google it? So the question was, um, prior to playing Dracula on on screen and stage, what historical figure (laughs) did Bela Lugosi play on stage? Jesus. Yeah, that's what I said. Jesus, you guys can't get that answer? (laughs) And nobody got it. Uh And then my... And the, so they're like, so what was it? And I just had like this little collage of Lugosi as Jesus. And I just sent that out mm-hmm. as a response, the company wide response. Nice. And uh, because there were people who were uh, who were clearly like there was that lag time and then Google Google it. And mm-hmm. whoever Googled it first would come and get the prize. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I had a stack of uh, CDs and some candy to give away. And, uh, yeah, people, you know, you kind of got to do those things in person. No phones, no computers. Right. Like you just did. I don't know how I would have researched any of those anyway, the ones we didn't get. So, uh, yeah, good quiz. All right. Yes. So hereditary. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this thing. Um, what were you expecting, Will, when you, when you turned this thing on? I wasn't expecting anything. This movie I went into totally blind. So you, you watched no previews? No previews, no reviews, nothing. Okay. I knew the title. And in fact, watching this movie, it was like, is this really the movie? <laughs> Did I pick the right movie? Is there another one by this name? Because is, this is a horror movie, but where is this movie going? So you get about 90 minutes of the two hours where it's not really horror. There's a little bit of supernatural stuff kind of popping up here and there. And some horrible deaths, but it's not really horror. And, and I started thinking maybe it's not really a horror movie in that sense. Yes. And then that last half hour went, oh yeah, <laughs> you don't think it is? We'll check this shit out. <laughs> so yeah, they packed. A, it's loaded heavily on the back end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which was kind of cool because your expectations are really just not there anymore. By ninety minutes, you're still digging the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good movie. Um, the previews would have made you think this thing was going to be like conjuring style jump scares mm. throughout and there weren't yeah, yeah there were two jump scares i think yeah but and uh a lot of creepy shit but woo, a lot of creepy stuff <laughs> yeah yeah a whole lot of creepy stuff so uh so as you went along in the movie uh did uh eugenia watch it with you yes okay how did she do with it? Uh, she liked it. Uh, we were definitely creeped out by it. Yeah. Um, did you end up watching a dark song? Yes, I watched a dark song. Did it kind of remind you of it with the ritual magic and stuff? Uh, no, this movie reminded me mostly of... Uh, Rosemary's Baby? Mm-hmm. Yes. No, uh, <laughs> I was going to say... Um, telling of a sacred deer and that it was kind of a weird suburban uh situation that you're i don't know the characters seem kind of stilted kind of there's something wrong right going on but you're not quite sure what right you're not sure if they know what's going on like the daughter character definitely has some special needs you're not super clear on what they are 
you think you know. Yeah. Uh, the son seems a little put upon, but he's getting by. And the mom starts out the movie... Um, Tony Collette's character starts out the movie. She's lost her mother and she's yeah. grieving, but kind of, you know, had a weird relationship with her mom, apparently. Yeah. And and you learn that her mom may have been nuts or at the very least lived a very hard life. Yeah. But it turns out she also had a coven of sorts. <laughs> yes. whatever, whatever Whatever you call this group. It would have been a coven. Yes. Mom is a witch. Yeah. Um, one thing I really liked about this film is that, um, and I can contrast it with The Haunting of Hill House. Haunting of Hill House makes you think, uh, uh, the, the series anyway, I'm not talking about the, the vastly superior film. Um, but the, the series makes you think a very material thought of, oh, ghosts are a stand-in for mental illness okay. or grief or something along those lines. Um, this movie sets that up. Mm-hmm. And you have the characters who are very kind of materialist people, although the, the mom is an artist, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, you're it's set up to be... Oh, the spookiness, the the supernatural bit is going to be in her mind because mental illness is a a, a easier thing to deal with than than supernatural uh, entities and uh, enemies. Um, But this movie switches it at the end and it's like, oh no, she's crazy. Yeah, she's crazy. But mom was also a witch. Yeah. And now there is the king of hell. Right. Or one of the eight kings of hell. Oh, man. Paimon. Paimon. Yeah. This, uh, and, and like you said, uh, mental illness as a stand-in, or, or a supernatural as a stand-in for, for mental illness, is kind of what you suspect, or what you wonder what the crossover is. Yeah. And... Because you have that feeling, at least I did, watching this, like, oh, are they going to go with that sort of modern standard trope now that it's not, is it ghost or is it all in her head? Right. Um, then we see the son having problems. And it's yeah. Like, but then he could have gotten it from her. You know, he could also yeah. have the same mental illness. Is it illness. mental illness or is it something more sinister? Maybe it's Maybelline. And maybe it's both. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jolien, uh, you watched this before we did, yeah. uh, what, a few weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, so you, you got the disc, you popped it in knowing a little or nothing about it? I, I avoided seeing anything. That's a good way to see a movie, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, based on its reputation, we knew that it had done well and that people liked it. Yeah, I, I heard that it wasn't something that you wanted to find out about ahead of time. Cause right. Oh. It, so I avoided it. You know? Good, good thing. In some movies, like, you know, if, if it's another... Friday the 13th or something. Yeah, who you know, cares? So, I, I had to whatever, do a... But I heard this is something special. And uh, as that goes, I typically do the same thing. Uh, don't watch any materials. If I hear it's really good, like we did with The Witch, I barely watched anything. Like I'd see the previews come on and I'd like turn, turn away or leave the room. Uh, this time I had to... Uh, give it a pass fail situation with the missus. So, you know, she didn't know if she wanted to put up with one of our movies. And uh, 
after watching the preview, which I really didn't want to do, um, she gave it a hard no, <laughs> as she put it. And, uh, and I looked at it going, well, I can see it's going to be a bunch of creepy things leaping out and jump scares. And okay, I'm on board with whatever it's going to do to me. And 90 minutes of the movie, I'm like, okay, I've seen a few things that ended up being visions, but no, it, it wasn't that. So you watched the thing unprepared mm-hmm. and, uh, what got you about it? Uh, yeah, I thought it was, it was just a really good movie. I was quite happy for it not to turn out to be supernatural. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good cast and stuff. Uh, I wish they'd focused on just two of the family. So maybe the, the mother and the boy. Right. Uh, I felt it went on a bit long with focusing on everybody but the father. Right. And the father was an, an enigma. I, I, I don't know if they ever said what he did. That's what we were wondering. What... What was his job? But I watched like some of the uh, the extras on the disc, and they said, "Oh yeah, he was. He used to be her analyst." Oh, okay. And then uh, he married her afterward after treatment. Oh, okay. Because we were, I was wondering if he was not some sort of manager for her for yeah. for her art, right? Because it seemed like they were living on her art, but I couldn't yeah, quite like tell. She's, she's making a stack of money to live in that place. Yeah. Yeah. Doing dioramas, who knew? Right. Oh, man. <laughs> Which she can't complete. That's where the big money is, is in the dioramas. Right. Have you ever seen a show of miniatures? Like an actual museum show? No. There's a museum of miniatures here. Oh, is there? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Um, the, it's real small. The uh, the Museum of the Art Institute <laughs> in Chicago table got me. Uh, the Museum you of the Art Institute had, had, had a, a whole show of them. And I think it's a... I think it's a permanent exhibit. And, wow. And uh, some of them, there's just a little window you can put your face up to and look inside of a room. And with artificial light, some of it looks like daylight breaking in through the windows and things. It's amazing. Mm. Like the level of detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everything being perfectly to scale. So did you like how the the life, sorry, the real people were filmed as if they were miniatures? Yes. Yes. Yeah. pretty clever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, sometimes you couldn't tell when they switched to the... Yeah, it was really so miniature. Like you just see the lens kind of warping a bit, and then and then the it, the camera's too far back for a wall to be there. Or, right. And yeah. Then, and then they do that that kind of shallow focus, high angle stuff, so it looks like it's a miniature. That was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that and, was really nice. Yeah, the tilt shift thing, um, and and they leaned into it a little more at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. It felt. Yeah, yeah, because it, the camera goes right into a dollhouse, then it becomes the real. Yeah. People. And that kind of put you off guard a little bit for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So that was good. Like, whose mind are we inside here? You know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, what else? I thought uh, Paimon is the millennial Pazuzu. Oh, uh, yeah. Because he's, he's turning up in a couple of horror movies now. Oh, has he? he? Yeah. Uh, he was in, uh, should I spoil it? Because it's another movie. Um, sure. You could. I don't think anyone would really uh, There's a movie, out. I think it's still on Netflix, called Last Shift. Okay. Where this woman's got to manage a police station by herself at night. And it's... Oh, that's closing down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like, you think it's going to be a sort of Precinct 13. Okay. But it kind of goes into Supernatural. Oh, okay. Any uh, good? Yeah, yeah. All right. So I imagine both of you really... Uh, felt uh, Chekhov's nut allergy pretty early in the movie. Like, oh, that's going to come back for sure. The the uh, the daughter. Yeah, that was, yeah. 
I, it, I don't think it was heavy handed. They just mentioned it, you know, have you checked the chocolate for, for nuts? And, yeah, yeah I didn't mentioned. think it was uh, it was too heavy handed. I didn't think they just that mention it, it once, didn't they? Th- well, uh, they twice. mention it twice. Two different chocolate. And they bars. show a girl uh, chopping walnuts, which was the only thing that. Yeah, kinda, that's when it leads up to the actual. Yeah, the incident. actual thing. But I think even then it was still. Another case, I think this movie, and I think it very successfully did this, was uh, subvert your expectations because you expect her to die one right. way, and then she dies. Yes, yeah, a quite quite ghastly other way. Oh, right, lordy. And uh, uh, how did you both feel about the mom's supposed not grandma, but mom? Uh, uh, Annie, um, how did you feel about her sleepwalking attacks? Um. I felt as though she was had moments because you get that moment and you get a moment where she tells Peter that she wanted to abort him. I have this feeling that she had these moments of clarity that were portrayed as as uh episodes episodes but where she had come out from the spell or whatever because i felt that she was under a spell this whole time to bring about paimon oh it seemed like for sure like you know when when the lens finally pulls back from the dollhouse that is the movie i think we finally see everything was serving that purpose by the end of the movie. Like everything that happened, whether it was good, bad, tragic, anything in between, uh, at the end, it all had to happen and, and to serve the bringing into this world, into physical form, the this king of hell, this eighth mm-hmm. king of hell. Yeah. Or one of the eight. I one guess. of the eight. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, he wasn't like an eighth ranking one. He might have been. Or maybe he was the eighth one in line. Yeah, like maybe. he was the, the eighth one, like Henry the Eighth. Yeah. He's Paimon. also um, sexually ambiguous. Like the, uh, if, you, if you look at older depictions, it's all from a young woman's face. Oh. Oh, yeah. Um, something that if the preview hadn't shown it, that would have been fairly creepy to me was when the boy, cause he, he started to look more sweaty and disheveled as he was kind of losing it. Um, when he's in the classroom and he sees his reflection and his reflections mm-hmm. grinning back at him. Yeah. Yeah. That was that, that spoiled. It was spoiled in the preview and, and that would have been genuinely a little more creepy for me, I think. Yeah. I, it was pretty creepy. Now, if it had cut back to him and and the face was more distorted, I think that would have like maybe on a second. That hit. would have overdone it. That yeah. would be just like all those exorcism movies they're churning out, you know. Yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe that's what I'm expecting now. So what what do you think about Mom's dioramas? Um, what role did they play in the film? Uh, well, I mean, she's not just a dioramas because the writer thought that was a cool money-making thing she could do i mean they obviously were written a reason uh, uh, there was a reason why she made these dioramas i found that i noticed she said that they were when she talks about the accident she's like this is a neutral view right. but all the time she shows him like mom is super creepy her mom yeah. grandma is like creepy in most of them yeah and she doesn't seem to be aware of it is this I don't know. Does her art speak 
beyond her mental illness, sort of, or her mm-hmm. or the spell. Or does she have such detachment from it and have just a really clinical relationship to it? Maybe, yeah. You what, know? what is the, I don't know. I wonder about the dioramas. Yeah, it's kind of self-therapy thing yeah. going on, isn't it? Yeah. Because everything does seem to be her working through something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I understand that. I've known people who, the way they get, you know, the way they root out their psychic pipes is by, you know, creating art from it, whether it's music or paintings or what have you. Did you ever see that movie Marin Call? Oh, oh, yeah. oh Marwin Call, yeah. Um, as yeah. a matter of fact, Marwin Call. they're making a stupid... This is like a live action... Yeah adventure comedy yeah. movie now isn't there? i don't know why because the the documentary is amazing yeah yeah and when it starts to unfold what the guy's background is mm-hmm. what his story is that led him to this then it's really pretty heartrending but yeah it, so he's, he's gone through so much trauma and he's he's like uh creating this whole miniature world using is it like gi joe's yeah like, like one one twelfth scale everything yeah and little, you know, little... A whole world he's made to process what happened. Yeah. Yeah, he's working through, and he's been, you know, brain damaged by what was done to him. But, yeah, everything is uh, a world that he creates that he can control. Um, and I kind of wonder, yeah, is it some of the same thing? You know, this is a, a world where, although she's supposed to be detached from it and sort of arm's length and and uh neutral view but you know is it really part of her therapy did this start as therapy yeah and as gabriel burns character who was her therapist as we just found out uh you know did he encourage this and then maybe help foster this as a uh, way to make money mm. quite possibly maybe yeah he was an enigma i don't know what he yeah, I figured he was just, we were discussing this earlier before the show, uh, Gene and I were like, maybe he was just, I mean, we figured mom, grandma had moved the pieces to to get her with a man, but maybe it was just a man was good enough. Maybe he doesn't have any particular role to play in this, hmm. yeah. but it's unclear in the movie. Yeah. Now, did either of you get the idea that um, that Annie was her name, right? Yeah. Uh, that Annie maybe had to sleepwalk and uh, sleep drive and sleep shovel to get her mom out of the cemetery. <laughs> did Did you get that at all? Oh, I didn't get that at all. I didn't know if she had done that at all, or yeah. if the if the coven had done that. Oh, that would make more sense, I suppose. So I thought maybe the coven had dug her up and put her in the house. Yeah. But maybe not. Maybe there was more sleepwalking. You know, there there was a and it's been a lot of years since I've seen Pet Cemetery, but there I think there were times where uh where uh I forget the male character's name, but um yeah. uh, Gage's dad anyway, uh thinks maybe he's had a terrible dream. Stephen King stand in. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's had a terrible dream, but he wakes up and he has mud all over his shoes and Steve Fenn King. <laughs> Stephen Kong. If I thought about it for a minute, I could He's probably He's a remember. writer. Yeah, all his characters are writers. He teaches high school. Right. And has some sort of problem. That, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I, yeah, I, I watched this thing where uh, those people were appearing in the background, and I kind of felt like... 
and this will be a spoiler for um, a dark song. Uh, you know, when those sort of demon creatures started to appear further in the movie, I thought maybe it was the same thing. Like maybe these were ghosties or demons of some sort, but they were just the coven, weren't they? Like actual physical people. Where do you think they Oh, okay. I was still wondering who those people were, but right. yeah, you're right. They were just coven members, I guess. Where do you think they left their clothes? Wherever they want. I suppose. You know. <clears throat> They've gone sky-clad. Yes, <laughs> guy-clad. It, it seems like, uh, you know, if, if they're smart, they would put them somewhere in case this whole spell goes wrong. Mm-hmm. You don't want to just be running around naked going, all right, it didn't work. I got to get back home. If this spell goes wrong. Uh, being naked's the least of your problems. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> Did you uh, recognize them from the funeral from the start? Yeah. I didn't. Um, I was too busy trying to see if they were, um, you know, get some sort of visual clue if they were alive or, or demon and or ghost. And, yeah. and I didn't really recognize them, no. Uh, of course, that was, you know, by this time, it was almost two hours ago. <laughs> plenty <laughs> I, of time to forget. I'd forgotten. Um, yeah, so uh, so they all they all show up, and, and even the dead bodies bow down and, mm-hmm. and get ready for Paimon to uh, lead them. What do you think happens next? I mean, if, if there's a hereditary part two... And it picks up right when uh, Michael Myers hits the ground, and well, he, he becomes a he takes over an international corporation, and yeah, not much. No, it just makes a lot of money. He's like a trust funder. Yeah, that's he goes around. He takes you know a backpacking tour of Europe. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Doesn't worry about a job. No, you're right. Uh, so do these people have to put their clothes back on, go make money, bring him food, bring him sacrifices, whatever it is he wants? Yeah, everything, all that. Yeah. You better get a job for Paimon. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's he's just sitting there bored, starts watching Springer and... You yeah, know, you know. All those, all those commercials where they're like, have you ever thought about being an inventor? <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't know, man. Do you uh, think anybody ever calls those commercials? They oh, must. Yeah. Someone must be making money off of it, or um, they wouldn't run them. Right. Um, I got a hint for any listeners who are unemployed. If you're watching Springer and things like that, Maury Povich, you're probably not going to be a good inventor. No. Find the Rockford Files. That's the show to watch <laughs> when you're unemployed. It'll help you out. Yeah. It'll, it'll give you motivation. But... Uh, if you were such a good inventor, if you had a mind for that kind of thing, you wouldn't be unemployed. You, know, you can invent yourself a job. That's all I'm saying. Invent yourself a job. It's the name of my book. Invent yourself a job. Um, yeah. So, uh, so this uh, this was the directorial debut. Well, I should say feature length. Yes. Directorial debut. Um, this debuted at uh, Sundance Film Festival in January earlier this year, and. Um, this uh, has become A24's highest grossing film worldwide. Budget of $10 million. It did, um, it did uh, $79 million worldwide. Wow. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Well, let's hope we get more of these. Not this particular film series, but... But I got a feeling that the, the filmmaking team is probably not going to do 
more horror movies. We're going to do mm. more you know, intense domestic dramas and things mm. like that. That's a shame. I'd like more horror movies from them. So oh. there's so many horror movie you know references and. And this is seems like they're getting it out of their system. And they're making this oh. you know, horror movie is a good way to make a debut. And yeah, I want somebody who likes to make horror movies. Well, yeah, you know, if if if, uh, if this isn't, oh, they, they obviously love horror movies. You know, I'm yeah. not saying it's one of those calling card things that you used to get. But well, yeah, I, I kind of wonder though. Um, once you get into it, why would you want to immediately get right out of it? So you don't get typecast. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like happened to Romero and Carpenter. And oh, yeah, that was uh, Wes Craven. That's true, you know. But then, uh, Wes Craven's new nightmare. Holy crap, man! Watch that one. Oh, no. <laughs> if, if if you like whiny weird kids, yeah. yeah. I've got too many Rockford files to get through. Right. Yeah, you got six seasons of those. Get on it. <laughs> six so, season is short. He had a heart attack. Oh, Lordy, really? Yeah. Um, back to the end part of this movie. Uh, were the headless corpses reanimated, or were they just posed by the coven? What it's unclear. Th- yeah, I, I thought they were posed. Well, if you're able to saw your head off with either a uh, cable saw or piano wire, whatever that was, if you're able to do that and then hover around, hover your way mm-hmm. into the treehouse. Yeah, I suppose you, you've got the motivation to. Yeah, I yeah. suppose you're right. Yeah, I mean, I don't. think We never saw. M- was that mom or Charlie's body? I guess that was mom's body. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, that was mom's body in the attic to so. begin with. Um, did Charlie's body show up? I thought it. No. I thought it didn't. I don't believe so. They didn't need Charlie, as it turned out, did they? Yeah, the, the dog dies. The one in the road. You just get a glimpse of the uh, the family dog. I wanted to bring I wanted to bring that up. Uh, the one that he swerved around on the road was a deer, wasn't it? Yes, there yeah, is yeah, a, dead a dead deer. deer. Mm-hmm. So we can't just gloss over that. We have to talk about the dead deer. I did mention it. Yes, yes. About it before. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. That's dead uh, deer. So there wasn't a different dead, dead deer. deer. That's the no, same that's dead deer. That's the one he mentioned. Um, do you think they got it from Dapper Cadaver? <laughs> Say that they every time. They got it from Dead Deers. <laughs> Deaddeers.com. Yeah. <laughs> John click, Dead Deer. Yeah, click, call, or visit deaddeer.com for all your your farming machinery and dead animal needs. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, this wrapped it up in a way I didn't see coming. It did remind me of a dark song in some ways because it's like ritual magic that eventually pays off in the way that uh, the person doing the magic intends. Or the people in this case, several yeah. of them. Um, yeah, things start to unfold and be revealed to you, the viewer, at a point where you can handle it and go, oh, holy crap, that's what's going on. All right. And it's not like they hit you over the head with it halfway through the movie and then you yeah. have to just live with it. This is like, ta-da, mom was a witch and that woman with the doormat was her buddy and uh, they were in the coven for years. Right. Uh, this all worked for both of you? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm glad witches are on the side of bad again. At yeah. least as movies go, you know? Yeah. For a while it became, oh, witches aren't aren't so bad, but yeah, I mean, we lose a good villain in a witch. Yeah, because we know that in real life, if someone's into Wicca, they're probably not doing evil. They're a hippie, let's just say it. Right. Let's just say it. We lost some listeners. Yeah. <laughs> So we lost some hippie listeners. Some hippie listeners. That's okay. 
Um, no, I, I think that that you're right. Uh, we we need you know a misunder a misinterpretation of something that's another thing entirely. Yeah, I like it to make it into a a, a movie villain or a movie monster. Sure, yeah. I'm all right with that. Yeah, you know, uh, as long as right wing wackos and and religious nuts aren't uh, using it as fuel for their agendas, I'm okay with it. Yeah, you know, if they if they watch something like. Uh, you know, the witch or, or hereditary or a dark song. And they go, see, that's what they're doing. <laughs> then no, it's not I, cool. I've had to put up about 40 years of British people being the villains in American movies. Ah, that's never going to end. No, mm. I'm sorry. We've run out of people we can villainize <laughs> and only the British. I'm sorry. <laughs> we gotta, the accent. We, yeah. We got to bring... apologize, but. We got to bring it back, right? We can't use real Nazis, but we can imagine that the Nazis sounded posh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, they were they were probably a little prim. And we all think you know English accents are all posh, even though it's not true. And try villainizing a Canadian; it just yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. You know, and uh, they're too polite. Yeah. So when we're done talking about this, maybe we could talk about programming a, a uh, film festival for Halloween night. But uh, oh, okay. But. I just want to wrap up, um, you know, for my part on this, that uh, I do recommend it. I think it's really cool. It's a good movie. Um, I'm going to watch it again. Yeah, it's nice to look at, for sure. Um, how about both of you? I mean, I'm sure it goes without saying. High same. recommendation. Okay. Yep. The highest. I think non-horror fans could get through, well, they have to put up with some gore. and they have They're going to put, gonna have to watch this. That's very fast gore, though. Yeah, it is. And um, beyond that, it's also... Uh, a handful of jump scares that there's that one gruesome head shot that's about on the side of the road yeah until the ending that's that's as gruesome as it gets right yeah yeah so I I, I would say someone just saw their own head off yeah before Warren yeah that's it plan ahead don't try it at home don't try it at home (laughs) yeah don't be hovering sawing off your own head it won't end well for you uh all right, so recommends all around, and mm-hmm. uh, this thing made money, so it doesn't matter if we recommend it or not. It's already gone to the bank. Yeah, otherwise we'd make a big difference. Yeah, yeah, our show. We, yeah, we, we just kill the. We market got like in six more listeners in Brazil, you know, yeah. six more viewers in Brazil for this movie. Unless they were hippie we witches. We can make a second one. Unless they were hippie witches, in <laughs> which, which case it's a it's a wash. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> totally. uh, movies for Halloween. So if you're so if it's Halloween night, let's let's do the two scenarios here. One where people are going to possibly be watching the movies, and then another where maybe there's music like Jolien's Superfly Halloween mix that goes on for what two and a half days, something like that. Yeah, um, sixteen weeks now. <laughs> I'm, I'm just perfecting it now. Yeah. Boiling you it should down. get it yeah. boiled down to just, you know, the choicest 24 hours. Yeah. Mm. So Can't do it, can't do it. So let's do this as, as, like, say there's a scenario where you just want something going on on a nice big flat screen TV, but there's music over the top of it. The sound's off mm-hmm. on the TV, but there's music playing. And so it's just like a curiosity over there that occasionally you glance over and go, holy shit, what's going on? <laughs> um, I've got three movies that would span maybe the the length of time where the party's really going pretty well and um and then i've got uh another three where you're going to actually sit and wait for trick-or-treaters and knock on your door and you're going to watch movies and actually pay attention to them okay 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 whether you're just handing out candy or if you have a bunch of friends over okay Okay. so those are my two scenarios um 
do you guys want to tell me what you would do with the background I, with music over it? I think you should go first. I'll go first. Uh, for that, um, I have, and these are gonna these are gonna be kind of uh, different because they are all three black and white. Um, Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen twenty-two. Yeah. Um, the second Coffin Joe movie. What was that one? Uh, at, is it at midnight? I'll take your soul. I forget which, which is. Order are they in? It's see, it probably doesn't matter. Any Coffin Joe movie that's in black yeah, and white. One of the first three. Yeah, so one of the first three Coffin Joe movies. Okay. Um, and then Haxon. Mm. And so, okay, so this will take care one. of a good five or six hours of your party. Yeah. And so, if you have five or six hours of music going, drinks flowing, right. these are cool things where people are going to go. That dude just dumped a box of spiders on that naked woman. <laughs> Why did he do that? Who is he with the top hat? Yeah. Be like, oh, you've never seen a Coffin Joe movie? Well, you've never been to Brazil, have you? Yeah. I haven't either, but, you know, so six of our listeners I hear have. there's a lot of spider being dropped on beautiful women. Spider porn. Spider porn. That's <laughs> just going through customs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that... I agree. I think that any any silent film is a, is a good one. Yeah, you pick one. Um, Orgy of the Dead. Orgy yeah. of the Dead. Because people and would be like, "What the?" I think no. Although not a film you could just put on. This would take some editing. Just a loop of the rabbits from Night of the Lepus running in slow motion. Yes. They they make a boodly noise. Boodly, boodly, boodly noise. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Watch watch the movie and tell me I'm wrong, and I'll take so, it back. I think those would be my choices. There. Night of the Lepus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just galloping through Maybe, that town. Galloping through when the guy in the bunny costume jumps out and attacks whoever DeForest Kelly. I don't remember, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can some see highlights of Night of the Lepus because it's too dull in parts to yeah. To really sustain the, you know, the visuals. And I would never make anyone watch it at a movie-watching party. Right. A movie-watching party, I'd probably put on, uh, man. School of the Holy Beast? No. Or is it on Holy Beast? Holy. It's Holy, Holy. Beast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> gosh, I don't know what I'd put on for a movie-watching party. Would you go back as far as the original Universal Studios monsters? Possibly, but I'd want something that was different. Something a little more savage, huh? Perhaps, yeah. Hmm, that's something to ponder. Uh, when did when did horror movies first kind of go off the deep end and start getting a little crazy? Wow, I mean... Do you think you Carnival could... of Souls, because it's so visually creepy, do you think that would work? With music over it? That might. I mean, that could be on the... the music over it, yeah. Yeah, but there's too much organ, like church organ sounding well, music. Well, in terms of silent movies, you want those like visually arresting ones like Hexen and yeah. Nosferatu, um, The Magician. Yeah. Um, so movies with sound. Movies uh, with sound. I don't know. If people are starting to watch movies, I'd start off with something that everyone can yell at, so like a, a slasher... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what What do you think really works in slashers? Uh, ones that, Ones that I've I've done at parties have been like uh, Halloween two. Yeah. Maybe an early Friday Thirteenth. Yeah. Yeah. Any of those really do work, and uh, 
and because it's just sort of the flagship movie for Halloween. I mean, Halloween, 1978. Yeah. I just, I, I just, that one's so good though. I, I, I want something that people would be uh, noisy and lots of like in and out of it. Yeah. People is the party's still like kind of lively yeah. at this point. And fair enough. Uh, Cause that, Halloween is one of mine, one but I, like I see your point. Watch. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I you know, it's just so good to, good visually that uh, yeah that'd be, that'd be a good choice too of course yeah now i have night of the living dead on my list of ones where you have the sound on and you pay attention to the movie um it doesn't really slow down it mm. the, uh, from from the time barbara and johnny are done talking and that guy staggers up it's on from there yeah um but the remake is in color and maybe that keeps people's interest more and it's got Tony Todd in it, so there's that. Yeah, that could be a good follow-up one. Yeah, that might be better for you know some audiences, because that's on my list. Uh, what else you got? Uh, well, later after, after the the fairly easy ones go a bit harder to go with the so Suspiria is always popular. That's a, oh yeah, yeah, that's a fantastic choice. And some you know not everyone's seen it. It's yes, exactly. Dazzling. It looks fantastic. Yeah, the the color. So when people have, you know, had their drinks and they're settling down to watch something, then something like Suspiria. that. Suspiria. Yeah, for sure. I would go with that too. And then what would you put on for the topper? For the, well, for I, the chase I'm, them out of the house, let's, doing, let's end this I'm party. If I'm doing an all-nighter, then something else after Suspiria. Uh, Boxer's Omen. Let's <laughs> get rid of something them. something <laughs> like Boxer's Omen. <laughs> Uh, that was sort out people, and then when, then the one that I loved doing, uh, I didn't know it was going to have this effect. But uh, when we did all nighters, so like two or three in the morning, you put on something really weird, uh huh, like a eraser head. Eraser head's the because best. Because the the following week, people come up to you and say, "I had this weird dream about this." There was this baby whining. Yes. They don't. They can't remember if they actually saw it or dreamt it. Oh, that's great. That's the best. Because uh, I remember the like the all nighters at the Scala when they put on the like the Filipino the Blood Island movies or mm. something like that, and you just it, it's just it gets into your subconscious because you can't remember if what you dreamed. <laughs> <laughs> it seeps in. Yeah, <laughs> and I could see someone really digging on like if you wanted to go for some uh, sort of cheap thrills and some fun, I could see Scream being like an earlier one. Yeah, that's a good one because you know. It, all the slashes, they're good to watch with a whole bunch of people yeah. Yeah, like yelling back and forth at it. Yeah, and Fonzie gets killed. <laughs> Spoilers for Scream. That's like Ziggy's favorite, by the way. She yeah. loves Scream so much. Yeah, yeah. mine would include Wolfman or Bride of Frankenstein, just sort of, sort of for the black and white, the visuals. And uh, yeah, Halloween. But I, I see your point about Halloween too being a little more Ben Tramery. Yes. <laughs> I shot him six so, times. I, I'm just thinking like of a general party. If, yeah. if I was sitting down with a bunch of horror fanatics and I'd, I'd go for something more. Oh, yeah. Esoteric, you know. Yeah, you got to raise the bar. You know, so something everyone's seen to start off with and then you get into really obscure stuff. Right. But if it was, if it's a party where you've got, you know, a couple dozen people and only two or three people are hardcore horror fans. Yeah. It's, yeah. You, you want to be... A little more uh, freewheeling and fun with it, probably. Right. I don't know. Um, whenever they show those movies where, you know, uh, even 
It Follows, you know, you had all those movies in the background. I always kind of like to think about, you know, you should watch The Thing from Another World. You should watch, uh, you know, Night of the Living Dead, anything that's playing in the background. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, that kind of stuff is it's kind of fun because you're sort of in your own scene of your own movie because you've got that movie in the background. Yeah. Um, actually, Plan 9 from Outer Space works because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. That one could be on in the background. <laughs> so... Yeah. Will, any other ones you can think of? No, not really. Yeah. That... Maybe uh, maybe uh, Evil Dead 2. Oh, oh yeah. hell yeah. You know, that'd be a good one to start off with. I, I take back everything probably. I said previously. Just put that one on a loop. <laughs> on a loop. Evil Dead 2. Well, they were asking at the comic shop, uh, what was the best horror sequel uh-huh. and what is the worst? Mm. And I was trying to think and I decided that Inferno... Uh huh. The best sequel. Okay. And Mother of Tears is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nailed it. Okay. Yeah. There's your answer, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Which the guys at the shop, neither one of them had seen. Oh. They had heard of Suspiria, but. But that's good. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Awesome. Well, is that a good place to wrap it up? I think so. Super. Well, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween and stay off the moors. <laughs>